What is up, everybody? Welcome to the Halftime Snacks podcast. This show features short interviews that you can listen during the halftime of your favorite sports events. Every Tuesday, I host fun conversations with talented people in the sports industry, where we'll learn from their stories, knowledge, and experiences. So go grab your favorite snack and come snack with us. Are you ready? Let's go. This episode features a fellow Mexican entrepreneur who will be joining me for a very spicy halftime snack today. This guest has over 13 years of experience in sales and problem solving through technology and he is extremely passionate about sports and entrepreneurship. Today, he's the CEO and co-founder of Pits, a platform that combines video and commentary technology to enable the soccer community to create viral content and connect to sponsors. Their goal at, at Pits is to grow the amateur sports economy by giving coaches, athletes, and pitches the tools to generate sponsorship properties, the chance to get funded by local or global brands, and by getting players into the creator economy to monetize their game. I can't wait for this conversation, so allow me to introduce Fernando Mendivil. Hey, hola. What's up, man? Thanks for having me. Uh, so great to listen to you again and, and looking forward to have some fun during this, man. Now, nah, Fernando, it's, it's an honor to host a fellow Mexican on the Halftime Snacks. Uh, I'm so glad that you, you were able to make it. Let's kick it off with a fun icebreaker, man. Uh, what's your favorite Mexican meal or snack? Of course, it's, it's tacos. You know, I will be crazy if I don't say it's tacos, but, you know, many people think that tacos are the same all across Mexico and that's completely false. So my favorite tacos are the ones that come out from Sonora, which is a state up in the north of Mexico with an amazing quality of meat, a lot of guacamole and a whole variety of salsas, which, you know, makes it amazing, whether it's a, you know, tor flour tortilla or a corn tortilla. So I'm addicted to that thing. I could eat that, you know, every day, three times a day. I could actually get that on a smoothie if I could. So that's my favorite meal, man. Man, I'm sure that many fellow Mexicans would consider you the enemy if you wouldn't have chosen tacos. So I'm glad that you chose, you know, the, 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 the classic one and the good one, the, the obvious one. Um, I'm also a very big tacos fan. So uh, next time you're in Mexico City, because uh, we didn't mention that you're from Guadalajara. Next time you're in Mexico City, man, make sure that you hit me up so we grab some some good Mexican tacos from Sonora, as you mentioned. Fair. Man, everyone knows you because of entrepreneurship, because of how you've been building stuff and, and, and developing your career in the whole like area of entrepreneurship and sales and, and problem solving through, through technology. Um, especially because of pits. So I want to, I want to just touch about a little bit about, uh, pits, but uh, about like maybe the background or the story of how exactly you came up with the idea at the, at the beginning, like the first time, like, do you remember the first thought that you have around pits and why exactly like you, you, you realize that, can you just please share us, share with us the story, the quick story of how exactly you, you first thought about pits. Yeah, so first of all, you know, I'm, I'm mad about, you know, soccer. I grew up uh, dreaming to become a professional soccer player. Uh, I've, I've played soccer for the last three years now. I'm 37 years old, so 
I've, you know, I've, I've went all the way from learning how to kick the ball to, you know, uh, belonging to a couple academies and, you know, state, uh, na you know, teams, national teams, you know, college, almost pro, didn't make it. So I've been pretty much everywhere, right? So um, I, I kept playing as an amateur for, you know, on a recreational uh, way. I, I, you know, I still play three times a week in three different teams. And of course, I grab a couple of beers after, you know, every single match. But, you know, there, there was one day when I uh, moved, uh, you know, here to Guadalajara because my hometown is Culiacán, Sinaloa. Um, I didn't have a team to play, you know, uh, and, and Rafa, my current co-founder, invited me to join his team. And I did that, you know, and, and of course I paid for my registration fee at the beginning. And at some point, uh, the manager of the team, and you know, a friend now, right, asked me to pay for my registration fee, which, you know, I already did, but he didn't register that, right? So I was like, dude, I already paid for that. And he was like, no, you haven't paid for that. So I didn't want to, you know, get out of the, of the team. So I paid for it again, but I was really mad. Rafa was my only friend at that time, that's years ago. And I, I, I remember exactly, you know, just reaching out to him saying like, dude, it, there's, this shouldn't be like, it shouldn't be like this. I mean, with so much technology, first of all, I shouldn't have, you know, to pay twice for the same thing. Right? Why is it so difficult to manage an amateur team? But most of all, why do we have to pay to play? That's ridiculous, man. There should be a way you know, to do it different. There should be a way to get sponsored, at least to play for free. So that's how PIX started. To be honest, it, you know, you know, we didn't try to develop a solution at the beginning. We actually looked out there for solutions, you know, existing team management apps or systems to kind of implement that, you know, in our team, but they, they, they were not good. They, they were not what we were looking for. My background, you know, as of that time, I have been, you know, 10 years uh, designing and developing mobile apps. Uh, and, and I was like, okay, it's time to build my own now. So that's pretty much how Pit started. Um, and, and well, you know, the current, the current uh, status is, is actually what we envisioned, at, you know, at that time. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm a big fan of the entrepreneurs that actually face the problem themselves. Like they really saw how inefficient the, the, the market or the system was. And they were like so mad at it that they decided to, you know, drop everything and go out there and, and, and become an entrepreneur. And I, and I and I give you a lot of respect uh, for that, Fernando. Um, man, you 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 have this like very interesting background where you actually developed the first like uh, entrepreneurs uh, of Latin America kind of like uh, like association as 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 it as it's called. And you you you've been really interested in in all all the like problem solving and figuring out solutions through technology as you as you were telling us. Uh, so you have like this very very unique element of your personality that is like that you literally lo love to find pains and just come up with solutions for them. I wonder exactly what was the aha moment when you know once you you started pits you started the app you you pivoted a few times maybe changed directions a few times what was the moment when you realized like the aha moment of of 
of the specific pain that you guys are working on and solving right now and the solution of course like what was the moment you realized aha that's the problem and and this is the solution and and here's where we are right now do you remember throughout the way of the history of of pits where when exactly was that yeah it's probably a couple moments not just one so the first one was uh back in 2019 when we went through the lead sports acceleration program in Berlin. Uh, I remember exactly the words, one of the mentors, uh, a former marketing manager for Red Bull, uh, just, you know, reached out to us with a very simple question saying like, okay guys, so how are you gonna take amateur sports to the same level of importance than professional sports, meaning, how are you going to get every single pitch or soccer field and every single team in the world to get sponsored? The same way every single stadium has sponsorships and every single professional team. And, and that was like, damn, we don't know, right? Because we were trying to do that in a different way at that time, you know, connecting the brand directly with the player. And that was non-scalable at all. So that was the first time. And then during that, you know, uh, program in, in Europe, I got to meet awesome, you know, startups and awesome funders around the video highlight industry or, you know, somehow so, and, and, and some other marketplaces and so on. And then th there was this story that always kept in my mind when I was a little guy, right? So I used to play, as I said, soccer. But in Latin America, you know, most of the people is not you know, economically, you know, stable, right? So families actually have to sacrifice many things to allow their kids to play and to practice the sport. Uh, and sometimes they sacrifice meals and food, right? Just for the passion of the sport. So I, I remember that there was uh, this national competition that they were, we were supposed to attend, um, but there was no money for the team. There were, there were, you know, there were no funds, right? So the coach was trying to you know, get sponsored from local businesses. And, and my father, you know, was able to pay for the fee for, you know, another four of my colleagues, right, or the kids, but it wasn't enough. So we had to hop on into a Volkswagen, you know, 18 kids, two coaches, you know, road trip, like 14 hour drive. We got, you know, to a national competition and we, you know, which just went from the Volkswagen from the car to play because, you know, we were already late, right? But there was no money for eating. There was no money for, you know, uniforms. So that was kind of crazy. It's like, oh, so the second and a half moment was like, yeah. So if we combine things such as, you know, video and all this, you know, content, you know, thing and social media and so on around the sport, we can actually get that coach to find the funds you know, for every single team. And, and, and that was pretty much like when, when we realized that that second time arrived, you know, exactly, you know, during the pandemic because we, you know, we went bankruptcy on March 2020 because football was completely paused and, and it, it didn't, there was no date for the return of the activity. So that, you know, I think that forces us to think differently, to accelerate some plans and and Rafa and I, uh, we know how to work under pressure. So I think that pressure, you know, 
made us feel uncomfortable and came out with a different approach. So we trashed a bunch of our technology. We trashed, you know, 120,000 users that we had at the moment. And we just, you know, started all over again, pretty much, right? Not completely, but almost completely. Yeah. Well, one, one of the things that I really like about this and that you're sharing this story about, you know, how like financially unstable people and, and they have a, like athletes have a hard time on sustaining their training and, and, and a, 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 a fit life just because of the lack of money. This is actually a huge, a huge problem that I wrote about, uh, in my newsletter, a couple of, uh, couple of months ago back when when the olympics were on because i was just very curious on what drives uh olympic success and one of the drivers is actually how much this the the country is willing to spend on their actual sports infrastructure and the, and the athletes and like how 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 much they want to be you know supporting the athletes and that is one of the drivers and it's actually not not talked about enough you know throughout uh like the olympics or how how different economies have uh of the world have different success so i feel like your solution kind of like brings a very interesting perspective into like how um you know un unsupported families or unsupported athletes uh that are not even professional right because the the niche that you guys are targeting targeting is mostly um uh for amateur players but still like there's still tons of opportunity for amateur players um but <clears throat> You mentioned something that uh, it really resonates with with me, uh, Fernando, and that is like the, the side of content and how content can really transform this, you know, whole amateur experience into something that could be shareable, that could be viral, that could, you know, create an impact and that can have also benefit for the ones that are, that are going to sponsor uh the, the game and i think that it's very clever i think that it, the the combination of thoughts and ideas that you guys had to to put it together and 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 use content for it uh, i think that it's very valuable i just want you to speak exactly of how exactly like do you how exactly do you see content as uh pits like like part of pits business model how like how important is content for you and And I also like wanna 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 see what's your perspective on the current like platforms where people consume content, and if this is like a sustainable solution for long term, meaning that if people keep you know uh, spending their time on socials, then content is still going to be valuable, and then eventually this this the, this strategy will continue to be valuable for both sponsors and sponsees. So, what are your thoughts about like how exactly content sustains its value? and continues moving forward along with how how the creator economy moves in the next couple of years right right so uh, first of all you know we asked ourselves a question and it was pretty simple like why you know brands are not investing on the amateur sports right and 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 the first answer was was it's it's unreachable right i mean uh, especially in latin america which is you know, way more fragmented than in, in, in other geographies and, and it's structureless, right? So, of course, if you reach out, you know, to any brand and they have to go and talk to 200 or 5,000 different, you know, soccer field owners or league organizers, they're just not going to go for it, right? It's like, hey, this is too painful for me. I would rather sponsor a stadium. And, and, and then 
we ask ourselves, okay, let's assume we, you know, we make it reachable and, and, and we build this awesome marketplace where it becomes really easy to sponsor whatever you want, right? Then what? And we realized that reachability was not the only problem. It was, uh, you know, value. You know, it, it has to be worth it for a brand to actually spend $1 on amateur sports. And most of the times it happens nowadays, it's because they just want to help the community, not because they can actually make money out of that investment. So uh, that's when we asked, you know, realized that th there was a way to combine video and commentary and, and use and leverage social media to actually, you know, make it sexy for sponsors to invest their money into this. So in summary, what we do is like, uh, of course, we enable, you know, amateur sports uh, to, to get sponsored, but, uh, but most, you know, the, the most important thing is that we, we use our technology. we we'll let the amateur community, uh, use our, our technology to actually generate viral content, which is valuable, um, without having to be uh, creative because, you know, creators, in order to be a creator, you have to be creative. All you have to do with pits as of now is to go out there, enjoy the sport, play in a pitch that uses pits, right, to generate the, you know, most important video highlights of your match, then to just go out there and receive that through our, you know, mobile app, those videos can be commentated in real time, which is kind of, you know, the special sauce of it, because, you, Ronan, you might score a great goal, but if you watch it on a regular video, it's okay and it's fun and it's gonna be nice and you're gonna share it for sure. But when you watch it with a professional voice that actually says, look at Ron and what a score, what, whatever they wanna say, it just, you know, it's just amazing. And then the magic happens, you share it because it's fun, because, because your ego is, is, you know, doing its work. But on top of that, you share it because you can monetize the reach of that video. And to be honest, we, we don't have to do that because you will still share it. But if we want to reach that vision where we think that the sport has to be a way to actually, you know, uh, improve your financial situation or a family financial situation, we have to include the players. So pretty much the dream is now around the corner for everyone. Like, you know, I grew up to, you know, to become a professional, dreaming to become a professional player because... I wanted to get paid for playing, right? So now you, everyone can actually get paid for playing. All they have to do is go out there, play soccer, share your content, and monetize it. That's it. We'll do the rest. We'll make the connections with the sponsors. We'll make the connections with the advertisers. Don't worry about it. Just do it. So that's pretty much how it works. Uh, we started with you know, our own video solutions. We're not a video technology company. Uh, where you know our plans is to become actually uh, a video agnostic meaning if the pitch or if the coach or if the club wants to use a smart cam awesome that's nice that can be connected to pitch if they want to use our app to record the, the, the matches that works as well if they want to use their smartphone or a 19 a 1995 you know camcoder whatever that works because the, what we focus on is on actually delivering the best video highlights in the easiest way for the player with 
you know, a super hyped emotional commentary. And then, you know, that, that's it. That's pretty much how it works. Uh, I, I wish I could watch, you know, videos of myself while I was nine years old, 10 years old, you know, playing. I was a top scorer more than once on my league. There's not a single video around that. So memories are gone. So on top of having fun and on top of monetizing the content, you know, I can imagine that 10 years from now, you know, parents are going to be able to sit down with their kids and watch, you know, 1,000 video highlights with amazing commentary and, and, and it's a whole different emotion. I'm so jealous there was now Fernando and Rafa and Pitts, you know, 20 years ago and that there was no social media and all these technology tools that we have right now. No, man, it, it really got, you, you got me really excited with that super quick narration you did about me, you know, scoring the goal. I almost felt like I was in the pitch. So kind of like, I feel like the emotion is actually real. And, and to be honest, I feel like also starting it here in Mexico is a very special place because of like the love for the sport and how people do, you know, find that, uh, that connection with, with the sport and how, how much people love it here. I feel like it would be so much different if like you would start it in Finland or, you know, one of those countries that probably is not, is not something as interesting and as famous as it is here. Um, but tell me what has been, what has been like some of the most relevant challenges so far when you, when you start to, you know, pitch the idea, or I know that you guys are now raising some, some funds, uh, for a upcoming round that you guys have a lot of projects and, and cool things coming up. So I wonder what is like, what is like the most, uh, frequent, um, pushback points or the frequent challenges that you hear of people worry about that probably you can maybe share with us why, uh, or how are you planning to face those challenges and, and solve those, those questions so that we understand why why people would think this would fail but why exactly you think it won't right so um you know be before covid uh happened uh in 2020 we were mostly focusing on giving the amateur community a tool for managing their teams and on top of that there was a marketplace within the app where you can actually get sponsored by a specific brand on an individual basis, right? Uh, we knew that was not scalable uh, and we were planning to incorporate these video things that I already, you know, shared with you at some point, right? Uh, as I mentioned before, uh, you know, we went bankruptcy. That was, that, was, that was probably one of the most scary moments in my life because, you know, of course, when you start a company and, and whenever you, 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 know, you get into a new project, there's, there's, there's a lot of unknowns, right? But, but eventually you know how to get rid of those unknowns and, and you know, validate any hypothesis. In this case, it was like, okay, there's no soccer activity. When is this gonna be back? We don't know, right? So we came up with a number to pretty much, you know, survive during 2020, but we were not sure if, you know, soccer was going to be back, you know, by 2021 and so on. Uh, you know, luckily it was, right? But, but you know, it was, it was a very, very, you know, I, I have a family, you know, I have three kids. So when I have to tell my wife, 
hey, uh, so I'm going to keep working on this. I'm not going to get paid for maybe 10 months at all because, because you know, I would rather use the money that investors, you know, gave us for this rescue program for our developers and for, you know, the rest of our team. The wife, she, she wasn't happy at all, right? She was like, why don't you just get a job and that's it? But this is a dream. And so that, that was a scary moment. Um, we were... We were luckily to, you know, uh, see soccer get back at least on, you know, a partial basis, uh, you know, at the end of 2020. And we started validating uh, everything, right? Like, are pitches going to use our technology? Are, are they going to be willing to invest on uh, a cameraman for now, right? Uh, do players care about their video highlights, right? Uh, will they understand the difference from a commentated video highlight from a regular video highlight? So we actually built the new pits based on thousands of unknowns. And, and we took the risk uh, and, and the results are now like way different, right? I mean, we got to see other solutions out there mostly focusing on performance. And this is very important because of course, you know, there are amazing, you know, solutions out there like smart cams and other, you know, software-based solutions where users have to pay to use them, right? If you want to improve the performance of your team and you want a camera, you have to pay for the subscription. So one of the things that was really challenging and it still is like, we want to make this free for everyone. No one has to pay for the video. No one has to pay for the commentary. No one has to pay for anything, just the sponsors. So we were not sure if we were going to, you know, this is a two-sided business, right? You create the content thanks to pitches and the players and so on, but you also have to bring, you know, the ones that invest the money on this. And, and, and the moment that, you know, when Corona decided to sponsor 90,000 commentated videos, that was like, oh, this makes sense, man. This can actually work. And we can, we can actually get this for free to anyone. Because social, the social impact side of things is really important for us. And you mentioned previously that I, you know, I worked for uh, the Entrepreneurs Association in Mexico. That was totally for free and, and, and at honorem, right? And, 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 and that's really important. So that was the only way for, you know, to get this really democratized and accessible for everyone. That, that was the main challenge back in the time. The challenge now is different. The challenge now is, okay, how do I make not just big brands to tap into this new sponsorship economy, but the local businesses? And to be honest, I'm not sure how that is gonna be, that's gonna work. We have an idea of how to do it, uh, but you know, that's part of the challenge is that's one of the reasons, you know, we're raising a new round now because we, it's time now to build a sales team. We were never in this position before, right? It was always about product and validating this and getting users and, and attract and acquiring users and so on. Never on the, you know, about revenue because we were not there. Now we're there. So uh, it's, it's, it's time to generate money to just to, not because we need to generate the revenue. I think we can still focus on the other side, but we need to validate that brands are interested in this in the same way that Corona was interested in some other big brands. Right. But, uh, but I want to get to the local restaurant, the restaurant around the corner, right. That, that will be attracted to, you know, 
bring the teams on that soccer field to eat at that place, you know, right after the match or to have a drink or to whatever. So, I mean, it's not easy. Uh, there, there, there's no precedent for this. Uh, no one has been able to really grab the amateur community uh, and, and, and we'll see how it works. We, we think we have the right formula. I think execution is a challenge. Getting the right talent on the team is definitely the right challenge. We've seen the difference when we just hire someone for because we need some hands, right? You know, compared to, you know, we're gonna take our time to pick the right person and, and then that person is gonna, up, is gonna come up with solutions and, and is not waiting, you know, for direction. So that's, that's what Rafa and I are thinking right now, like uh, money to sell, to generate revenue, which is different. Yeah, and I think that also the fact that you guys are validated because you guys, uh, had some investors uh, amongst some superstars, some famous uh, footballers, uh, soccer players, uh, including Rafa Marquez, which is probably the most decorated Mexican player to ever lived. Or we 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 could have that discussion another day if you don't if you don't agree or whatever. <laughs> right. um, but uh, yeah, you guys you guys have some 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 good product, some validation, some traction in it, and I feel like it totally makes sense to now know start scaling up and seeing seeing where you guys go and i actually want to just double tap on that uh as one of the last questions to understand exactly like your long your long-term vision but mostly tied to its potential like who exactly eventually like understand that uh small businesses in probably in 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 uh, guadalajara that uh the guy that sells tacos will be able to you know invite the whole team and put some tacos on the table and everything but the potential what where do you see this amassing the market is it a worldwide project is it only for latin america is it only for one sport tell me what is exactly the potential that you see uh, of course counting on the idea that these these uh points that you mentioned will work and will uh scale up properly you know with the right team and everything that you mentioned what is the potential that you see for pits so I mean, soccer is big enough to make this like really big, right? But we, we, we won't just stay there. Uh, right now, we've been working in Mexico because, of course, this is where we live, but also because, uh, you know, the estimate is that we are a bit more than 40 million uh, amateur players in this country, 190 in the Latin American region. region. So that's a lot, man, right? And, and you know how soccer is almost a religion in our countries, right? Uh, but we're now starting to tap into the uh, U.S. market. Uh, there's a lot of, you know, Hispanic uh, people over there as well, so we can use our same commentators for that purpose uh, in Spanish. Um, so we, we want to understand how, that's gonna, how that market's going to behave in comparison with the Mexican one, right? Whether it, you know, it means acquiring a pitch and getting them to use our technology or acquiring a user and getting them to, you know, consume the content and sharing the content as well. Uh, so we're going there. Uh, of course, uh, there's, there's two ways to go and we think we're gonna go both ways at some point. You know, one of that ways is, you know, regional, not just regional expansion, but worldwide expansion. Soccer is universal, right? And, 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 and trying to nail a sponsor is universal as well. It, it, it's not just a Latin American thing. It, it works in Germany, 
it works in Taiwan, it works in Japan, it works everywhere, right? So it's just everywhere. Uh, uh, and on the other side, you know, commentary, video highlights, and sponsorship is not, you know, just for soccer. So basketball comes in, cricket comes in, you know, football, American football comes in, right? That's how we call it in Mexico. So, uh, you know, there are, there are so uh, you know, many other team sports and esports. I mean, my nephew, right, shares uh, his, you know, kill on Call of Duty, right? So imagine if he can get that kill. I'm not sure that that's how it's called, but, you know, imagine if, if he can that commentate it as well, right? I mean, he's going to be way more interested on, uh, you know, playing and sharing it. So I think th those are the two ways to go. The, the end game for us is to... Um, really democratize the access for everyone around the amateur uh, sports, uh, you know, to sponsorships. But at the same time, to make local, regional, and big brands crave about sponsoring this community because, you know, because we know we're valuable, right? You know, we're, the same way a fan can sell something, you know, a player slash fan consumes even more, right? And and we're even more addicted to the sport. So that's that's pretty much the end game. You know, if if, if you give me time later today, I'll, I'll give you a short story about you know how we uh, onboarded Rafa Marcus. I'm just you know, <laughs> uh, you know. but but anyways, that that's the end game. So we're gonna go worldwide. Uh, we will partner up with all the you know video technologies out there. You know, as at least we're gonna try. Uh, there are some super interesting ventures around automated video highlights, you know, with AI and visual recognition. We want to partner up with them because we're focusing on the experience, on the commentary, on the monetization, this creator's economy, and on the, you know, marketplace, uh, um, you know, feature. So, yeah, that's it. That's awesome, Fernando. Well, I'm super bullish on, on you and on this pits technology because it's purpose oriented you guys are for and and with the community and it also is have it has has eyes on the future of what the economy looks like the web 3 the whole creator economy the whole democratization of things and that's why i'm super super bullish on you guys can't wait to see where you guys are going to be in the next five to ten years um man it's been fun every every time i uh, finish an episode i i wrap it up with a uh, maybe a more personal question um, to get to know you a little bit more personal. Uh, what is one book that you've recommended most frequently or most recently uh, for any of the listeners interested in what you read or what uh, inspires you or what you recommend? One book that you've recommended the most? During, during the pandemic, I think we all, you know, questioning ourselves and the way we were living our lives, you know, in the previous years, like, like, is this really important? Is that really important? Um, so, so I think, I think, you know, most of us had time to kind of, you know, get to know ourselves again. Um, and, 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 and I was able to read a little bit more. There was this book in Spanish, it's El Principito, right? Uh, it, it's very simple. It's a very basic uh, book. But when you are in a situation where, where you're actually trying to get to know yourself again and to understand what's really valuable and what makes sense and what doesn't make sense, 
the little prince is the right way to go. Is the right way to start. It's so basic. It's for kids. But you know, I read it when I was a little kid, and I didn't understand the damn thing, right? Like, hey, does that make it's philosophy, right? Uh, but then, you know, I read it through the pandemic. It was like, fuck, like this this got me. And 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 then, you know, I got into different things as you know after that. You know, I I I did some things that I was never I never thought I could do. Like a very materialistic example would be I sold my car. Like I don't need my car anymore, right? Like I'm I'm gonna you know cycle my way as as much as I can. Um, I'm I'm never skipping uh, an event from my daughter, right? Or a party, or uh, when I when they start to get to sleep to my you know into my room, I never say no. I will say yes now, even if that if I wake up like super tired, and and that's part of the you know the lessons that I got. Thank you very much for tuning in. If you enjoyed this episode, hit the subscribe button and leave a review on Apple Podcasts. If you enjoy learning about the business and technology behind sports, make sure you subscribe to the Sports Tech Biz newsletter. I'll leave the link in the show notes. See you all next week. Bye-bye.